0: We're going to just do an opener for for um, Joseph. Everybody knows the story of Joseph. Pretty incredible man. Um, got some homework for you next week. Try to figure out how, old, how long it was from him being sold into slavery to when he sees his brothers again. You can figure it out through Scripture. It's never going to say exactly where it is. You've got to add all these, these numbers together and you'll figure it out. It's a good study to figure out what he actually went through. But if I were to, if I were to decipher two things about his family, you know what it would be? Before, before we get into this, it's dreams and deception. I mean, you think about that. Do you, do you like to be deceived? You think God wants you to have dreams? I think he he does. I think he wants you to have dreams. He gives you ideas. He gives you a a desire to do what he has for you. And sometimes those are dreams and ambitions. And you go, how in the world am I going to do this? And so often, you know what most people do? They'll look at their life and say, there's no way I can do that because of what I have in my past or what my family has in my past. The only one that's telling you that is Satan. You've got to understand, it's not wrong to have a dream. It's not wrong to, to ha- have God give you an, a dream to do something. And then those dreams sometimes could turn into prayer requests, and those prayer requests can turn to victory, and sometimes defeat. You know, I, but before we get started, it's good to have Wendell back. You feeling better? All right, it's good to see you back. I've been praying for you, and... And we need to make sure we also, Brother Denver, we need to make sure we pray for Priscilla's mom. She's not doing good tonight, so, and we need to pray for her. So let's get back into this deception. Have you considered how many deception things were found in the grandfather, the father, and then now the son? It's amazing how many things happen. And you look at it and you see some things, we'll go to Hebrews in just a second. Again, this is just an introduction. We're going to talk about his beginning, we're going to talk about his ending, and then we're going to talk about this deception. Let's look at some things in here, and let's look at some deception. First of all, you have his grandfather. His grandfather would be who? Abraham, and who did he marry? Sarah. And so he marries Sarah, and he's told, Abraham's told, and he's told he's going to be a great nation, and, and so what does he do? Now, this is his grandfather, remember? His grandfather takes it on his own shoulders and says, okay, I'm going to bring this other lady in, have a child, because Sarah can't have this child. God told him that Sarah was going to have a child, and Abraham said, no, I'm going to do this my own way. And so he tried to deceive himself, and he takes Sarah, he takes this other lady, and he has this baby, and guess what the baby's name is? Remember her name? Her name's Hagar, and she, and she has a child by, what, by the name of what? And now we still have fighting amongst these two. They, in turn, have a son. And they have another, Abraham and Sarah have a a son, and his name is what? Isaac. Now, you don't have to worry about Isaac and his other brothers and other sisters. He was the one that God was going to choose. But there was always a myth between him and his his half-brother and we still have those battles fighting now. You have Israel against all those around them are in that that realm, and they don't like each other to this day. They fight over land, they fight over territory, they fight over things that that are theirs, things that are the others, and we've gotta see that God, God never intended to do that, but Abraham took things upon his own hands. And so he has this child, and, and there's deception with that. And, and for some reason, Abraham, the one that they talk so great about, didn't think God could do what he said he could do. So then Isaac comes along. Isaac marries who? Rebekah. Okay? Rebekah has two kids. Remember that? They have a man by the name of who? Jacob and Esau. Which one was born first? Esau. And he's a hairy one. And then you have Jacob, the smooth-skinned one. Now you talk about deception after deception after deception. Oh my word, there's deception all the way through their life. So my point is this. How can Joseph be used with everything that's in the, back, in the background? It doesn't matter what's in your background. God can still use you. It's amazing working with young people. They'll say, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. You know, when you, when you study out some of these big-name preachers, find out what Clarence Sexton, how Clarence Sexton became a pastor. He was a bus kid. Him and his brother were. And now he runs a, a very large church. If you, if you do some studying on some of the pastors, Paul Chapel, some of his background, it's amazing. God uses people despite their faults and despite the faults of the fathers and the fathers' fathers. So look at Jacob and Esau. You talk about deception. I mean, he was, Jacob was the king of deception. I mean, he goes and he puts things on his arms so his dad can't see very well and he rubs his arm. And even his dad says this, he says, your arms feel like Esau, but your voice doesn't sound like him. And I wonder if he went in there trying to change his voice. Hello, my name's Esau. I just don't know if he did that. But here, he deceives the whole whole aspect of it. You know how you know he's guilty? Because when he goes and sees his brother, and we'll look at it later, he arranges his family, the ones that he likes better, in the back. And then he goes and he has all these gifts for Esau. And I like Esau, you don't know what's going to happen and all of a sudden Esau hugs his neck and everything's okay. But Jacob had lived with guilt after guilt after guilt. You think about how he had children. (laughs) He sees a girl at a well. Says, man, I'd like to marry her. He goes and talks to her dad. Her dad says, well, you can, but you're going to have to work this off. Remember, he worked seven years And there, here's some deception. Remember the father's name? Laban. And so he sits there and he says, listen, you can marry this daughter, but the problem is she has an older sister by the name of Leah. And so you all know the story. He goes and they have this ceremony. He wakes up in the morning and Leah is with him rather than Rachel. And you wonder, if you hear Jacob talk, he says, why did you do this? Why did you deceive me? Meanwhile, he's got a brother somewhere he's not even met yet that he had deceived. And so then, then all of a sudden, he has to, he talks to him. He says, listen, what's going on with this? You deceive me? Why did you do that? He said, you knew that I wanted to marry Rachel. The Bible says good things about Rachel's looks, not too good things about Leah. And he says, you're going to have to work seven more years. And he states what, what Isaac knew already. I mean, what Jacob knew already. What did he say? He said, the way we do this is you marry the oldest daughter, then you marry the youngest daughter. So, he has to work seven more years. And He marries, he marries Rachel. Well, Rachel doesn't have any children. She can't have children. Leah can. And God even says in the Scriptures, He says, I, I, I looked at Leah and I, and I felt sorry for her. And basically, I opened up her womb because she was not loved as much as Rachel. And here, what's Jacob doing? He's loving one more than the other. And so, Leah starts having these children. She has a, a, a man by the name of Reuben. You'll see him in the story. Another one, Simeon. You might recognize some of these names. Levi? Then you have Judah, Issachar, and and I don't even know how to pronounce it, Zebulun. And so she has all those, and then Rachel finally has a child, and his name is what? Joseph. Then she has another child, his name is Benjamin. There's 12 tribes, but if you count those up, there's only eight there. So these ladies take it upon themselves to do exactly what Abraham did sends in their their handmaid and says, okay, have children with them. And so on, on Leah's side, it's a lady by the name of Zilpah, and she has Gad and Asher. And then you have on, then Rachel does it first, and Bilal has Dan and Nephthila. So then you have all your 12 tribes. And there's still deception. Think about this. Remember when the story of the cattle. What did Jacob do? He deceived his father-in-law. If you want to make someone mad, the worst person you can make mad is your father-in-law. And so he wants, he, I, I wouldn't want my father-in-law to be mad at me. And so he makes, he, he, he tricks his father-in-law. And then watch this. Rachel actually deceives her dad also. So, I mean, you just got these, it's just riddled with deception in this whole family. And so when you look at it you go what how in the world could anything good come from it? Because in all actuality when you look at Jacob and Esau and what they did, if Joseph followed the pattern, he would have killed his brothers. But he didn't. See, when I look at jo- Joseph, I see a man that God tested. You ever felt tested? I mean, you just go through one thing after another. And you go, what, what, what's happening with this? And how can I get out of this? If I were to say one thing about Joseph that he did wrong, he just didn't know when not to talk. But everything he was saying to his brothers was prophetic. It was going to happen. How many of you like studying Joseph. If you ever have a problem with bitterness, read the story about Joseph. Because, I mean, he goes through the mill, and he has all these things in his past. And I've heard people say, well, I can do this because my parents did this. And then you have all the favoritism shown. Jacob and Esau, were they didn't they have a favorite parent? I can tell you who Esau would go to growing up if he wanted something done. I can tell you who Jacob would go to if he wanted something done. Now, I was a mama's boy, but nothing like he was. He got his mom to deceive his dad. So there's just deception all the way through. You think, how in the world can anything good happen out of this? But then you have Joseph come along. And, and as I study the Bible, there's, there's people that just come along in Enoch, for instance. We don't know much about Enoch. But they say he walked with God. And you know what changes people? Read the story about Enoch. I don't know how many verses, and I don't want to say there's like 10 or 12 verses that, that really talk about him. But you know when, when things changed in his life? Is when he had a child. Because children will make you understand your responsibility that you have. And so he changes, and then all of a sudden, guess what? He's walking with God, and God doesn't even let him die, he just brings him up to heaven. And then you got Noah coming in, and Noah's in a a very ungodly world. And what happens with him? The Bible says, and Noah what? Found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I don't think if you were to study anything else about Noah, I don't think you'd find anybody else that had that grace. Everybody else is wicked sinners. But for some reason, God chose people. Now, God didn't choose Simeon. He didn't choose Reuben. He didn't choose Gad. He didn't choose Asher. He didn't choose these guys. But He did choose Joseph. And so let's look at a few things about Joseph. I want to look at, at some things with him. His dreams that he told his brothers. Go back to Genesis chapter 37, and you'll see some things in here. It says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his brother was a stranger in the land of Canaan. It says, these are the generations of Jacob. It goes all the way through it. And it says in verse number three, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Now, if it would have stopped there, it would have been okay. But then he puts a target on his back. And he does what? He gives him a coat of many colors. That was not a normal thing to do. Who normally, we know this from Jacob and Esau, who normally got the birthright? Who is normally the favorite one? The oldest son. Now Joseph is not even close to being the oldest son. But he loves him more and it says because of his old age and there was just something about him. The character that he showed. And so he gives him this coat and now he's walking around with his brothers in this coat. And it says his brothers hated him exceedingly. They didn't like him. And it wasn't like he had one brother. He had 11 and really, the only one on his side was who? A young man by the name of Benjamin. But you have these 10 guys that just furiously hate you. And he's sitting around, he's talking with them, and he says, hey, I want to I tell you something. And I don't know what made him, think, made him say this, but let's follow along, and you'll see some of these things. It says in verse number 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. Now watch this. In verse number four, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Verse number five, and they hated him yet the more. You ever met somebody that just keeps talking? You go, you just need to be quiet. Stop. And here he's, he's this, these guys are hating him even more. And the hatred that they have will be played out in his life. It, it says in verse number six, and he said unto them, here I pray you. What a statement to say. They're already mad. He says, here I pray you. I need you to listen to me. And I'm begging you to listen to me. He says, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. In other words, they were bowing down to it. And his brethren said to him, shalt thou indeed reign over us? He's saying this to his older brothers. You're going you're gonna to bow to me. Now, did he say it in a, in a commanding thing? He said, no, this is a dream that I have. How many of you have dreams? My wife remembers all of her dreams. Anybody not remember their dreams? I can remember for about three seconds, then they're gone. You know, sometimes I'll wake up and go, I'm nervous about something. I don't know what it is. It's something in that dream that I just had. But here he's telling the whole story of what happens. And he says, they said, shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? Now watch this, look at these next words. And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. This guy's not catching a break because he keeps telling them stories. And you would think it would be over there. But yet again, he tells, starts telling another one. Verse number nine, and he dreamed yet another dream. I wish Benjamin would have walked up and said, hey, you really need to just tell me. Don't tell anybody else. I'll be okay with it. They won't. But he dreams yet another dream, and he says, behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars. Now, what do you think the 11 stars meant? The 11 brothers. They were going to be reverent down to him, and they know exactly what he's saying. Keep reading. It says in verse number 10, it says, and he told it to his father and to his brethren and his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee on the earth? Now he's telling his father and his father's questioning him and his father is the one that gave him the coat. The father is the one that said he loved him more than the others. Now watch this, and his brothers envied him. But his father observed the same. It's interesting. They both heard the story. And they both had different reactions. Now in this chapter, the coat that he gave him will be given back to him. Now remember, he's heard what his, brother, what his, what his son said but he thinks that dreams over. He thinks his son has died. You know, there's nothing wrong with having dreams. There's nothing wrong with God saying, "Hey, you need to do this or you need to do that. You need to follow him." Here's a man a, a man that was tested. Now let's let's look at some things that we do know about him. Go to Genesis chapter 30. And you're going to see the first mention of Him. And it says in Genesis chapter 30, in verse number 22. It says, and God remembered Rachel. Now has already had some children. God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. It's interesting when I see this, this is his birth, this is his start. Remember how Abraham thought when Isaac was going to be sacrificed? Little did she know that she was going to lose her son in her mind. She was going to go through the same thing that Abraham was thinking about that he had to go through. So, his beginning was here. And you have all these kids, and all of a sudden, hey, I've got a child, everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, these, about seven chapters later, that child's gone. Now, you have a beginning of him. Let's look at the end. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter 11. And you'll see, I want you to see this. First of all, you've got to see his families all the way through, riddled through the chapter of faith. You have in verse number eight, you have Abraham. By faith, Abraham tells what he did. And here's his grandma in verse 11. And by fa- through faith, also Sarah. Verse number 17, here's his grandfather again. And, and by faith, Abraham. And then you have his dad in verse number, um, ver- I mean, his, his, his dad and his, be his grandfather in verse number 20. It says, by faith, Isaac, blessed Jacob and Esau concerning these things. And then his dad is found in verse number 21. By faith, Jacob. Now, everybody knows what, what, Joseph went through, right? You've got many different things and we'll we'll look at those in just a second. But what I find interesting about what he says, we've already had his beginning in Genesis chapter 30, but in, in Hebrews chapter 11, look what it says about him with everything that he did great. Look what it says in verse number 22. It says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of his departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. That's interesting to me. Because everything that he does in this chapter of faith, the thing that he's known for in the chapter of faith is he wants his heritage to go back to the land that he, he really truly loved. But God's plan for him was to send him to a land he didn't love and that land saved the land that he loved. I don't think I can say that again. But you look at his whole life and you see from, from his birth to his death, everything was about his family and his heritage. He says, listen, when, whenever, when, it, when something happens to me, take my bones and take them back to where they need to go. It didn't say by faith he saved the world. Do you realize Joseph saved the world? Didn't say by faith he wasn't full of bitterness towards his brother's. It didn't say by faith he was treated wrong by Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. Didn't say that he was treated wrong by a butler that waited two years to remember what, he'd, what had happened. And when you get out of jail, you remember normally what happens, especially in biblical times. This is, it's just a life-saving situation. But his beginning and his end. Can I say this to you? It's what happens in the middle that makes up who you are. I have a father who's 86 years old. I don't know when, when God's going to take him home, but he's 86 years old. He's at the very end of his life. I understand that. But what makes my dad who he is is from day one to day now. And so what makes Joseph is from his start, God blessing his, his mom for having a child and to where he ended. And I want to, as I look through his life, there are numerous reasons why this man, out of all the people in the Bible, should be the most bitter person in the Bible. But he's not. In fact, when you study it, and we'll look at it later as we get through these series, you'll see that when he figures out who his brothers are, he, 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 changes, his, he changes and goes back to the Egyptian language. And then when he, start, when he sees them, and he wants to hug them, he wants to tell them, but he goes out of the room and he's weeping over these guys that sold him. What they thought was bad, what? God meant for good. I don't know what you've went through. I don't, I don't know your situation and anything. But I want to tell you something. No matter what you do, God still loves you. And he's still in charge. So you have the beginning, the ending, and what's in the middle is what makes you who you are. And that's what made Joseph. And I want to show you a few more things. Let's talk about dreams real quick. Pharaoh's dream, remember the story of Joseph. He's here and he's in, he's in prison and, and the butler brings him up and all of a sudden he says, listen, you need to tell him, tell him your dream. He can interpret it. They have to clean him up. They have to wash him up. And he te- the Pharaoh tells him of the dreams that he's having and he says, I can tell you what that means and this is what it means. He explains that there's going to be seven years of good food and then it's going to be a seven-year famine. Now his dream, think about this, his dream would not be fulfilled until seven years later. Here's how you know Joseph was a man that was close to God. Can you please tell me What is going to happen in the year 2025, 2026, 2027? That seems so far away. But he sits back and he says to the the most powerful person in the world, this is what's going to happen. The most powerful person in the world turns around and says, I need someone that can help me with this. He doesn't know him from Adam. But he knows one thing that the other people couldn't tell the dream and he could. And so he says, listen, you're going to take care of this. I wonder what Joseph, what's going through Joseph's mind. Have you ever had a good idea and someone goes, okay, it's on you. What if someone walked up to Wayne Cowden and said, listen, Wayne, you're going to save the world by saving all this food. It's on you. We'd never seen Wayne Keith go live in the mountains. But here this guy's okay and for seven years it took him that long. For that dream. Now remember, he has a start and he has a finish. Now let's look at some things that Joseph's dream. Now remember, he's we've looked at the dream. He said they're going to bow down to him. Do you do you realize between the time that he says that to him, what had to happen? And God was in control the whole time. And there were some devastating things. Let's walk through his life real quick. He told his brothers about the dream. His father heard about the dreams. His father was intrigued about it. He remembered everything. Do you know how he went to see his brothers when he was thrown into into the pit? His father sent him there. Now, to me, I would know that my sons didn't really like that guy. But you know what Joseph did? He listened to his dad. So by being obedient, he goes and he goes into a whirlwind with his brothers and he's thrown into a pit. They wanted to kill him. In fact, they told his, his dad that he was dead. Then he was not, instead of this, they said, okay, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery. Can you imagine being that mad at your sibling that you would do that? Larry, that's just devastating to me. I'm going to just, I don't care less. I'll tell you this. I love my dogs more than the brothers loved him. And my dogs are not perfect. They destroy things. They love paper towels. I went down there today and they unrolled the whole paper towel to get to that little thing in the middle. I couldn't find it. And the paper towels were everywhere. And I go down there and I'm looking. You know, I never thought, you know what? I'm going to sell you into slavery, bless God. I'm going I'm I'm to sell you because I'm sick and tired. Can you imagine the hatred that his brothers had for him? Sold into slavery. Later on, and guess what? He's sold into slavery. And who buys him? A man by the name of Potiphar. And if you read the story, you'll see it. Everywhere Joseph went, he bloomed. Potiphar's house all of a sudden is doing real well. Mark this down. Potiphar knew who his wife was too. This wasn't his first rodeo with her. And so all of a sudden, she takes his garment and then says, look what he did. He has to to settle with her and say, okay, I'm going to kick him and put him in prison. So he goes to prison. And it tells you how long he's in prison. I'm not going to give you that, but he's in prison. And so now these guys come up to him. And they say, Guess what? I have a dream. And, and Joseph's going, I can answer your dream. I know, I understand dreams. He answers their dream. And if you read it, what I think is very interesting the first guy comes and says, says his dream. He goes, This is what's going to happen. Everything's good. I wonder when the second guy goes up and goes, This is great. This is my dream. He goes, You're going to die. And so he gets thrown in prison, and eventually that guy gets out. Two years later, he says, oh, yeah, Pharaoh's got a dream. No one can answer. There's a guy in that prison that answered my dream, and he answered it perfect, and he answered the other guy's perfect too, so let's bring him up. He comes up tells his dream. He goes from being in prison. Now, you you can't write this in a script. He goes from being in prison to being in charge of the world. When he became in charge of the world, you want me to tell you someone that started sweating bullets? There's a man by Potiphar. Now, if you were Joseph, what would you do to Potiphar? What would Potiphar's wife say when they go to all this regalia, Denver, and all of a sudden there's Joseph walking in? <laughs> oh, my word. Can you imagine the pins and needles she's walking on seven years he builds all this up it takes two more years for his brothers to come and get some food see that's Joseph's dreams and finally his dream was fulfilled many years how did he respond? That's an amazing story. Don't tell me the Bible's not interesting. Bible's very interesting. People say, well, it's really outdated. No, it's not. It relates totally to us. And if you want to know, what, well, you know, this person treated me wrong so I can go back to him. That's why Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And he could have related. And every, all the disciples, when he says that to them, know who Joseph is. He could have said, remember the story of Joseph? Turn the other cheek. See, Moses didn't turn the other cheek. He killed a man. Joseph didn't do that. So you have all these things that happen to him. You say, well, I don't know if I really want to dream if that's what's going to happen. You know, I have dreams for my kids. I have dreams for my granddaughter. I want to see certain things. I can't wait to the time when she just runs up to me and says, you know what I did? I asked Jesus in my heart. And guess what? I'm going to get baptized next week. You know, I have that dream. But there's struggles between those things and how we respond. See, Joseph was a man that was tested. And the only thing, if you look through scriptures, that you can see is that he talked to his brothers. But I want to insert this too. God told him to say that because they needed to hear what was going to happen. And if you, when you study this and you figure out that they figure out this is Joseph, what was their key concern? That he was going to kill them. See, you've got to still dream. It doesn't matter about the deceptions that's in your life or around your life. Everybody's family's crazy. Amen? I say, if I walked up... But Copenhagen said, hey, tell me somebody that's crazy in your, in your family. Don't say your wife. But if I said that to him, he'd say, well, this, this guy is Uncle Joe. Man, you never know what he's going to do at a Christmas party. And most people have some problems in their life that they have to deal with. And we can say, well, he did that, so I have to do this. No, it's on you. You've got a beginning. You've got an ending. And what you do in the middle is what makes you who you are. We've still got to understand through problems and situations That's how God makes us. And everybody in this room is going through problems. Everybody in this room has got situations they have to handle. And you know, if you don't have one, there's one right around the corner. You say, well, you're really encouraging me. Can I tell you that God's bigger than any problem you have? And have you ever got a situation where you just get so wrapped up? I wonder how many times Joseph thought of his brother's. Because thinking of his brothers would only, in a normal person, bring bitterness. But you know what he did? At the very end of his life, what would he do? Go get dad and bring dad back. And then I wonder what his brothers were thinking when they had to go get dad. And I wonder if dad went back to that story of them bowing down to him and he thought, that's what I heard him say, and it happened. You've got to have a vision no matter what your past is, no matter what your problems are. I want you to turn to one verse. Go to Proverbs. Turn to the book of Proverbs. And I want you to turn to a very common verse. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 29, and we're done. Proverbs chapter 29, and verse 18. See, if you don't have a dream or you don't have a vision in your life, guess what? What does the Bible say? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. If Joseph would not have had that vision, he would have never saved his brothers. But watch this. Watch the last part of that, because a lot of people quote that first part, but the second part's very powerful in that verse. It says where no vision is, the people perish, but it says this, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. This will keep you happy. I am tired of watching preachers on TV that say everything's going to be okay. You're going to have problems in your life. It's what makes you. You're going to have situations in your life. You're going to have people in your life that have done something wrong to you. You're going to have deception sometimes people will do. But how do you respond to them? The ultimate deception is when when that brother... brought it to to his dad and said, here's the coat you got him. They hated the coat, hated him and said, here's your coat and deceived him when they knew full well he was a a slave. But the problem with their dream is they never thought they'd see him again. We need to dream. Even through deception when people do, we still got to keep that dream. Where no vision is, people perish.